0: You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is... What's all this about the 144,000... Hello again, my radio friends. Glad that you could tune in again. And I'm very happy that you've decided to put aside this time to hear another program in the series, Give Me the Bible. Can you guess what I want to say to you right now? Yeah, that's right. God loves you. And God loves me. You know... When you really understand this simple fact, it'll make such a difference in your life. You'll have a much greater sense of your self-worth and a sense that you're not at all alone in this world. It is very comforting to know that you are special to someone and we are all very special to God, our Heavenly Father. Today we're going to see if we can understand what the 144,000 mentioned in Revelation chapter 7 and chapter 14 is all about. I'll read those texts to you shortly. But put simply, the Bible classifies the 144,000 as God's people, a very special group. There's a lot of confusion regarding this subject and I hope we can clear up some of that confusion today. There is one religious organisation I'm aware of which maintains that people who make up the 144,000 group are to be found exclusively in their particular religious organisation. This same religious organisation claims that God began collecting people to make up the 144,000 at Pentecost from among the early Christian church but stopped collecting in 1935 when the so-called full number was reached. They say that from 1879 to 1935 the only people called to the 144,000 group were people of their particular religious persuasion. Personally, I find this religious teaching presumptive, incredulous and exclusive and I cannot accept it. Instead of being truth, I consider it totally and positively false. I think this teaching is the product of very poor theology and results from a very simplistic understanding of what the Bible teaches. There are religious groups that teach that you cannot be saved unless you belong to their religious organisation. Don't believe it. They are manipulating people and are relying on fear to gather members. On the other hand, there are people who sincerely try to understand God's word and endeavour to have a correct and accurate knowledge of the Bible. They try to encourage people to live in harmony with God's principles of morality and health and to understand how you may be saved. But I shudder at the idea that people can only be saved if they belong to one religious organization. Now let's find out what Revelation 7 says about the 144,000. We'll start at verse 1. After this, says the Bible, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land or the sea, "'Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees!' until we have put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, a 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. And then, from verses 5 to 8, it says that there would be 12,000 from each of the following tribes of Israel, from Judah, From Reuben, from Gad, from Asher, from Naphtali, from Manasseh, from Simeon, from Levi, from Isaac, from Zebulun, from Joseph and Benjamin. Twelve tribes, with 12,000 from each, makes up 144,000. Simple, isn't it? But... But wait a moment. When you consider the 12 tribal areas of Israel, there's a difference than in the list provided in Revelation 7. Amongst the tribes of Israel, there was no tribe of Joseph. Instead, there were the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's two sons but we're not finished yet. It's even more complicated than that. Jacob, that is Israel, had 12 sons, and you can read this for yourself from the book of Genesis, chapter 35, and from verse 33. The 12 original tribes of Israel did not include Manasseh, but did include Dan. So, when God inspired the prophet John to write the book of Revelation, did he make a mistake? Or are we to understand something that's different here? We must therefore ask ourselves, are we to understand the passage about the 144,000 literally, or should we understand it symbolically? Now, if anyone places a literal understanding on the passages that relate to the 144,000, there are some significant problems that arise. One religious organisation, whose members are of British origin, has tried to place a literal interpretation on the passages. As a result, They've taken great pains to prove that their members, who are all British, have descended from the tribes of Israel. I believe that this has been an exercise of futility. For as you probably know, British people are descended from a mix of races, including the Vikings, that's Scandinavians, the Normans, that's French, Angles, Saxons and Jutes, Germans and others. One would have thought that if the British race descended from the tribes of Israel, they would have olive-coloured skin instead of fair skin. It's possible to see that with the two religious organisations I've referred to so far today, They have manipulated the Word of God to fit their preconceived notions, and that is a very dangerous practice. It seems that the most plausible explanation is in keeping with the rest of the book of Revelation in that the 144,000 is best understood as having a symbolic meaning. Now, leading up to the number 144,000, the passage from Revelation 7 uses terms such as four angels, four corners of the earth, a blowing wind, land, sea and trees. It also speaks about harm to the land, the sea and the trees and another angel calling out to the four angels to wait before any harm is done. Wait until the servants of God, the ones who are identified as the 144,000, are sealed on their foreheads. We've learned in an earlier program that the symbolic meaning of sea or waters is areas of high population. Land refers to areas of scant population. But what is the meaning of trees? A clue is given in Daniel 4.22, where Daniel pronounces King Nebuchadnezzar as a tree. Trees, therefore, may be understood as the great people in our society. The four angels whose job it is to cause the destruction of the earth are told to wait. As you probably know, God will have the last say in what happens to this sin-polluted planet. Satan and sinners will be destroyed and the times leading up to those events will be perilous. The winds mentioned in Revelation 7, are most likely winds or causes of trouble. Great troubles will be part of life on earth just prior to the end of the world. The prophet Daniel was given insight as to what would happen at the end of the world. We can read this in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. It says, At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress or trouble such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is written in the book of life, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the book until the time of the end. The passage in Daniel and the passage from Revelation 7 are about the same event, the time leading up to the end of the world. It is reasonable to to assume that God's people, referred to as the 144,000, are people who will remain faithful to God during those turbulent times at the end of the world and preceding the return of Jesus. We will see what the characteristics these people have shortly. But first we should examine the symbolic meaning of the numbers. Twelve, thousand, and 144. The number 12 represents completion. The number one thousand represents godly perfection. One hundred and forty-four thousand is a combination of twelve twelves multiplied by a thousand. If we apply the symbolic meanings to the number one hundred and forty-four thousand, we then have ultimate perfection and completion. Referring then to people, these people are made complete and perfect in God through the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus. Let's make no mistake here. All human beings have sinned, but can be made right with God through Jesus. His perfection and completeness is transferred to repentant sinners Hence, the group of people referred to are most likely those who accepted the sacrifices of Jesus and remained faithful to God even during the time of trouble leading up to the end of the world. We'll have a little musical break and then we'll go on. The break, I mentioned to you that the most plausible understanding of the 144,000 is that it refers to a group of people at the end of time who have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus and remain faithful to God even during the time of trouble leading up to the end of the world. The prophet John was given another vision regarding this group of people. We read it in Revelation 14 in the first five verses. It says, Then I looked, and there standing before me was the Lamb, that's Jesus, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads and I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps, and they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn or understand the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as first fruits to God and to the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. So, from Revelation 14. These are the characteristics of this special group of people. Number one, they are real. they are real people. Two, they are a people who remain true to God through very difficult times. Three, they have the seal of God on their foreheads. Four, they will be in heaven. Five. They will sing a song that others are unable to understand. And then lastly, they kept themselves pure and were not defiled with women. Now let's see what can be understood about the seal. The seal is on their foreheads, representing the centre of thought and decision-making. The seal is of the name of God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. Now, if I was an Adelaide Crows fan, I'd probably wear a jacket or a shirt proclaiming that the Crows was not only my football team of choice, but that I support them and them only. Naturally, I would be true to my team and not support another team. The people described in the vision received by the prophet John are 100% faithful to God, even through the times of trouble they have to endure. They are undefiled by women. Women, as you may remember, is symbolic of false systems of worship. The 144,000, then, have remained true to God and have not been involved in false worship systems. Now, what about that song? It will be a song of victory, a song of deliverance. Others will not be able to understand it because they have not gone through the difficult times this group had to experience. Now, an interesting twist back in revelation 7 there is a list of the tribes of israel but here in in revelation 14 is the first and only mention in the whole bible about the tribe of joseph why i'm sorry i said revelation 14 um, i was referring to J- revelation 7 is the only mention of the tribe of Joseph. It is probably because Joseph, despite the troubles he had to go through, was someone who remained faithful to God no matter what. There is a good lesson for us all from the life of Joseph. The Bible is quite clear as to who will be given eternal life and who God's people are. It is those who fear God, obey his commandments, and have the testimony of Jesus. They are those who have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus and come into a right relation with God through what Jesus has done. Should we then try to become part of that special group of God's people, referred to as the 144,000? The answer is yes and no. The yes answer is that we should make a strong effort to be right with God, not just now and then, but all the time. We should not depend on our own abilities or strength, but on the, on the merits imparted by Jesus Christ. The no answer is that we should avoid the ambition of wanting to be a member of an elite group. Our ambition should be faithful to the God who loves us so much. The prophet John had another vision about another group of people he sees this vast group of people standing before the throne in heaven. This group of people had one thing on their minds, that is to give thanks to God for saving them. We can read about that in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, where it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then a couple of verses on, the question is asked, where did all these people come from? Then comes the answer. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. These people were made pure through the sacrifice of Jesus. There is no other way. If you do not accept the merits and sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf, you will never be pure. Your sins remain with you. You can never be free of them. My advice to you, my radio friends, is to have your sins forgiven and removed from you by giving them to Jesus. Ask him to forgive you for your mistakes and to make you pure. Then you too will become one of the saints, one of God's people, one of those who understands and partakes in the testimony of Jesus and one of those who obeys God's commandments. But God cannot cleanse you of your sin unless you choose. Jesus is not an automatic cleansing machine. You have a part to play, firstly asking for forgiveness and then living a life in accordance with the will of God. Will I be part of the 144,000 group? Will you? Either way, I'm not worried. My concern is to remain in a relationship with my Creator, my Redeemer, to keep myself pure and remain faithful to the God who loves me supremely. But what about you? What will be your decision? On that note, we'll end today's program, but please think about your relationship with God and make it right with him. Jesus is coming back soon and wants to take you to heaven with him. Will you be ready? I look forward to being with you again next week, and I hope you'll join me. Until then, this is Len wishing you joy and peace.